I am unashamed. What about you? So, so we're into June now, and I was wondering, Dad, so you have, because everything down here is seasonal. You know, everything's got a season to it with you, with the land, with the, you know, everything's got its, its time. So what, it, what are we entering now with June? Last time, we, in May, we talked about mayhaws, we're making jelly, you know, we're catching Opelousa's catfish and eating them. We're what, now planting, planting duck food. Planting so foods. now we're in the planting season. We're in the planting season. Drain in the water. Water's coming out. We didn't have a big backwater. It's up about 10 feet. That's a small one. And it's it's receding. So Do we miss crawfish season? Because I don't remember. Oh. Right now we could tear oh. them up. If oh. Wow, I ate crawfish. I think I ate it four days in a row. But I would say at least 10 times in a two-week period. Yeah. So you missed it. We're you having them it. once a week. Yeah, I, I, I I'm just, not as crazy about just eating boiled crawfish. I mean, it's just I'm I've never been. Reach down and check your pulse. No, it's just too much work for not enough meat. I like I like eating well, crawfish at well, the meat, Sarah, you just have to be fast. You to need, well, you need to pent. No, that's too much. Too right much here. Today. Too much work. For Al, me. this is this is making. I guess me. if I had a crawfish, if I had somebody that I could just maybe slip a twenty, and then they would peel all my crawfish for me, that would be good. Are you sure y'all didn't adopt him? Yeah, he's he's talking yuppie talk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it's a lot of work for not enough meat, you know. Well, now you put you, it in an etouffee. Do you? If you or make you a good crawfish. The bisque? tails that we didn't somebody, consume on the table, the tails we have left, we peel them all. The crawfish we have that for the etouffee the following day. I'm saying, well, somebody has to do that work for the etouffee. Well, exactly. I think we have a work issue. Here. We do have. Yeah, I don't want work to eat. I just want to eat. How are this, you peeling when, the when I get when I get a two dozen oysters, I want them already shucked and in a in a container, mm. which is how they come, and then I eat the oysters. I get full. It takes me about two minutes to eat two dozen. Somebody oysters. did that work exactly, and those people are to be appreciated, lauded, and paid well. Do you know what I'm thinking when I'm peeling <laughs> the crawfish? You know what I'm thinking? That's part of the excitement because I'm thinking I'm fixing to eat this. It's gonna be good. Yeah, just you know the seasoning in your cuts. I don't know. It's just the whole. It's look. I've done it my whole life. I just it's, it's not that enjoyable. Well, if you work outside more, not indoors, outside, <laughs> you develop a tougher skin. Yeah. I mean, you think about it in Jesus's day. I guarantee you, though, their hands had an extra layer. Of skin, well, Chalice. and Chalice. and feet. Think about yeah. the feet. You know, I mean, because yeah, all the foot washing going on. Because well, it was Phil. a dusty place. Phil went three or four years, you know, without wearing shoes. And I mean, he could literally run down a gravel road <laughs> That's and true. not even go. Ha, ha, ha. You know, I did. Hot it. pavement was not an issue. One of the yeah. wor- one of the worst things that ever happened to me. Something stung me in the ocean one time on my. It was actually on my back left shoulder. I brushed up against something, and it was like, mm, like a jellyfish. Jelly. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was something worse because all of a sudden, I wake up the next day. I got fever. I, my my right leg had red like red dots on it, and then it kind of settled into my right foot. And look, that foot swole up, and it took about three or four days for it to get back down. But when it did, when everything kind of looked normal again, every bit of skin on my foot including the pad that I'd spent my whole life building, peeled off hmm. of my right foot. What does it's it mean? It's a bad bite. It was a bad bite. Yeah, whatever it was, that whatever that toxin was. But it was, was in the ocean. It was in the ocean, and it settled into my foot. And it was amazing. So, so like for about a week, you know, my kids loved it because I don't know why people liked stuff like this, but every night they would come over. Uh, Anna would come over, and Alex would go over, and Lisa, and they would basically peel my foot because you couldn't – you know, some of it wouldn't want to turn loose. It'd take a little while for it all to die. But they just like peeling skin off. But it was a pile of skin that was, I mean, it was. It's one of the most disgusting. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. I don't know how you, know, you can't grew peel back. a crawfish. It all grew back. Peeling a crawfish is way better than that. <laughs> I'm just, I, don't, I didn't link <laughs> yeah, the two. I'm getting about 10 crawfish per minute. Mm-hmm. About 10 per minute. I mean, do you, how do you peel the crawfish? I peel them the way the way we all do. 
Well, do you take the first two layers mm-hmm. off? And then just and pinch them out. Pinch yeah. them out. It's just, I mean, I'm saying I stand there, you're eating the thing. I tend to want to eat more of the other stuff, which is probably not as good for you know, potatoes and corn and all the other stuff that's in there. We started cooking the vegetables in there. I like that with the Russell sprouts mm. and the broccoli and all that kind of stuff. I'm just not a big fan of boiled meats. I mean, it's just not my thing. I'd rather have it seasoned with something, put a little gravy on it. Now, we had the other night with Chef Chris down in Alabama. He had some fresh trigger fish and amberjack, which are both excellent uh, goldfish. And he brought them over. Somebody had just given them to him. And so he cooked them. He just kind of did a quick broil on them. But he made a crawfish etouffee. And then we poured that etouffee over that fresh goldfish. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Sounds good, but I wouldn't have. I don't like fish that somebody else gave somebody. I don't like being the third party. <laughs> I mean, I like, you know, I, you I, said, I you told have, y'all. You have trust issues. That's your problem. I told y'all I got, did I tell you I got busted by Willie? He he caught me the other night. Uh, so I finally look, got I go you. out there because I knew he was in town. So I looked. I was like, I'm going to wait till the sun goes down. And I was there. You're, you're poaching on your brother's pond. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Missy, well, Missy had just got back in town. And so I thought my heart was right. I thought I'm going to catch her a couple of crappie. Oh, we and know she, we know what your heart thought. We've already had yeah, this discussion. Because I know where that leads. Yeah. And so I got to a pole and I'm just standing in front of the door. Well, Missy saw me and it, she said, open the door. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm waiting for the sun to go down. And she said, why? I said, because I'm going to slip over there and catch you a couple of coffee because I know you love them. She went, oh, babe, that's sweet. So I was like, yeah. She's like, but I'm still not wondering why you're waiting. I said, well, it's Willie's pond. And even though he doesn't care, I don't think. I just I know he's in town. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She said, you're silly. So I go over there. I look around. No sign of life, you know, because I, I slipped because Willie's got this crazy dog. They named him Spaz. And and, and, and if there was ever a name that fit a dog, yeah, it's and that. this dog has a, a keen sense of barking at anybody that comes within <laughs> 300 yards of the house, which is why Willie likes the dog. Sure. So I slipped in there under radar, and, you know, as soon as I put it in, I caught a huge bluegill, so I plopped him down on the on the bridge. He's got a little nice little bridge there. It's it's fancy. And I just had that sense when I put it back down that I was being watched. (laughs) But it's dark. (laughs) And so I looked around and there's Willie, you know, unmistakable. You can see him from the moon. (laughs) And he's just standing there. (laughs) She slipped up on me. So So he purposely snuck up on you too. That's pretty good. Howdy. <laughs> uh, did that take you back to your childhood? Uh, you catch it. Uh, so here, here's what was just embarrassing. So he said, you been catching them? Because this bluegill was flopping. I said, nope. I said, oh, just an old bluegill. And about that time, I felt just bonk. But then it was a reaction. So I set the hook. And he's like, oh, what you, what you got there? And I was struggling. I said, oh, that, that, I said, too big. I said, Willie, you're cra-. I went immediate into saying your crappie are getting too big. Cause he's like, I've never seen a crappie so big. I was like, oh, it's full of them. I said, you got too many of them. They're, they've taken over this pond. You gotta look at this. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. So that was the angle. Cause he's like, I mean, you have a net? Because he was wondering how I was going to get him over that bridge. And he's like, just swing him over to the right. I was like, no, I don't want to. I said, I, I got this figured out because he, he don't know. I've been doing this every day. <laughs> <laughs> so once I played him down, I just slung him over the bridge. You know, it's a momentum thing. And uh, he just, you know, I, he said, you got a camera? I mean, he's wanting to take a picture of it. I was like, well, you get, you get in there. It's your crappie. You know, you're gracious enough to let me let me fish here. He said, I don't recall giving you that green light. <laughs> I said, well, I'll tell you what. It's, you- it's so funny because y'all were talking in code the whole time. It was like, yeah, well, I'm just over here. And, and yeah, I don't remember telling you. It was like everybody was having their little conversation. Yeah. So I was like, you take that crappie with you. But you ended up with a mess for your woman? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the difference in what you need to start doing is what Stone does. So Stone does it the right way. 
he just goes out there, but he always takes some to Willie. You gotta give you gotta give your t- you gotta well, give your tithe, Jason. You gotta tithe. Uh, it's so difficult. So. <laughs> Every time Stone Because you like really sneaking around. Stone or his daughter would kill a deer over here, they'd be a backstrap come my way. That's right. You know. Tithing. Chumming. He just Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Staying ahead of the game. That's right. I'll tell you what, that's what I'm, I'm going to sneak back over there. <laughs> and I'm going to catch some and I'll clean them and then bring them to and him. And to give them to him one time. Almost. That's right. That's what then I, you'll never have another Good issue. talk. I'm glad we have this See, sometimes, talk. Sometimes Unashamed is about having interventions among our groups here. Yeah. Y'all didn't like my crawfish and I'll help Jason out. So we are in June, Dad, which means that people can now get their daily fill. That's a P-H-I-L or F-I-L-L. Uh, this is a 100-day devotional uh, from excerpts from your books. And so some really cool stuff in there uh, to be able to kind of help your daily life. So it's only at Walmart. So if any of you folks out in They were nice I, enough to stock that. So You know, there's, we have a long history with Walmart. Walmart uh, made me a national company. That's right. They really helped our and, business. And the duck call business. And we, we've told the story before how you, speaking of sneaking around, that you were getting duck calls in their store around their buyer. And then eventually they were like, you know, they're doing pretty well. And so they they opened us up. But you're right. They made us really a national company. They because did. no company before us in the duck call world, was it was all regional. You know, so you just, people, some old guy made some duck calls in Texas or somewhere, and that's how they would use that call. Well, there's far more in that little book right there than they were in the duck calls that's for sure it is interesting that when i when i go to one i'll, I'll look sometimes because you have other books and it's, it's funny because you're looking at their book aisle in in walmart or sam's and almost always they carry our books and you know, not all book places are created equal sometimes based on your leanings your political leanings you don't get in the store yeah. or in the door but yeah, walmart's was, always been mighty up. nice and well i think it's because m- most people you know that would listen to us spend some time at Walmart. Certainly we do. So it's a great company. It's been years since I've done any shopping at any, any store. But so. you used to, when y'all used to go on the road to hunt somewhere, wouldn't y'all go to Walmart to get your license? Like if you were out oh, of yeah. state. Or yeah. Something like we got the, the, uh, cause they're always the, open. That was one of the, the famous, uh, Halloween award. We won when we were, we had come back from hunting and we were somewhere. I forgot, Montana, Idaho, somewhere like that. And they were having a Walmart costume award that most people were not participating in. <laughs> and they thought we dressed up like the guys from Duck yeah. Dynasty. <laughs> yeah. And we won. Yeah, and, we and went in there. Did you win some Duck Dynasty gear? No, I think we won a box of uh, cupcakes. They ran up to us and said, this is the most uh, lifelike <laughs> costume <laughs> we've ever seen. Y'all, y'all look, look just like you're in woods. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all play it like, oh, well, we You know tried. what? We never said a word. You and never they, told them, but... they never realized that we were actually the people from Duck Dynasty. And we took our little box of cupcakes that seemed a couple of days old. Because I thought, yeah. dang, I thought we would win something bigger. <laughs> I was looking for a gift card or something, but no cupcakes. But yeah, that was that was a funny story. So I'll never forget when I was somewhere. I want to say Missouri. I was speaking somewhere, and I walked into Walmart to get something, and I knew that like the show was a phenomenon. <laughs> I walked in the store, literally like as soon as you walk in the door, it was just Duck Dynasty everything. Like, it was like we had taken over the whole store. You know, I mean, you still had some of the sections of stuff, but it's like they wanted you to know when you come in here, if you need some Duck Dynasty pictures, or gear, or loofahs, and there, there was more crazy stuff that I've ever seen in my life. And I thought, well, I guess it's a big deal. Let's take a break. So, I think one of the things that we really enjoyed about having Dallas uh, Jenkins, who did The Chosen on our show, was to be able to just talk about perspectives on the story. I mean, we've been talking about the story of Jesus since we started this podcast, but I love that he's kind of given other backgrounds mm. of these people who are interacting with Jesus. So the, I thought it was just brilliant, the idea of looking at Jesus through that lens of other people. And, you know, it's, it's really fine. And he kept calling it the backstory. And uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Ancestry.com, is they're all about finding out the backstory. 
I mean, finding out where you came from, what your history is, what group of people, you know, on, on the planet that you came from. And I just think that's really interesting for the same reason I think it was interesting on The Chosen. And in our case, we had even more so because we found out we had a sister. So you never know uh, what might happen when people check into your DNA and your ancestry. So they can help you connect the branches of your tree, uh, whether it's family you've always known or family you've never met, like in our case with Phyllis. So go to Ancestry.com slash Phil to start your free trial. So I don't know, it's kind of the phenomenon of the of the show, I guess. But that's when it kind of, I realized it was a pretty, it was bigger than... Well, these people that are in charge of that licensing on shows. Yeah, it seems like they kind of overdo it. Oh, yeah. Well, when I saw my picture on a pair of underwear at a Walmart store, I thought, what's going on here? Because I didn't get that box for approval. You know, because they had in the contract that no matter what they do if for the merchandise. your face is on something, you're supposed to approve yeah, the because I probably would have objected to the face on the underwear. I just would have said, no, well, we're here's, not going here's, down that road. Here's your here's your secret, as you didn't know. Somebody in the organization, our organization, probably did give the approval. It just never maybe, got to you. Maybe. That's typically it, what happened. Or it could have been somebody, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it's a shady world out there as far as, oh, we got permission to do that. <laughs> well, one thing I know that the one, the DED from, from Willie, per Willie, was no duck calls. That was the one thing they were absolutely not allowed to make, like a even a children's or whatever, because that was that's our you know core brand and our product. So that was one thing. I know it was off limits, but I noticed toward the end I was somewhere and there it was. It yeah. was it, they called it a kazoo, but it looked like a duck call and it had duck dynasty. I thought, well, somebody broke the rules. You know, it's just like a you know, it didn't even hardly make you know. Yeah, a lot of people say, I can't believe you are selling all that. Remember and I think our cut on it was like one percent of one percent. There's a few zeros <laughs> behind a decibel. Yeah. De- decibel symbol. No, that's what people don't understand that. They'll say they'll just say, Oh yeah, duck dynasty. So, well that's not real that's not us. No. A A and E owns that. We're Duck sure. Commander, you know, so exactly. keep that in mind if there's any of that out there. Duck, buy Duck Commander, not, not Duck Dynasty, because that show's over for four years. So we're in Romans 6. We were talking last time about we had quite a, a good conversation about dying to sin, and we talked a, a little bit about baptism and how that Paul basically says that's that connection point uh, of reenacting what Jesus did for us. Because if you think about it, his his resurrection then provides our way out of everything, including including sin, including the effects of sin, fear mm-hmm. of death, you know, all those things. It, and there was a Hebrew writer that said he destroyed the fear of death. I mean, that's that's what the resurrection yeah. does. Because so, the evil one, well, the power, he he limited the one who had the power of death, that is the evil one, and freed those from who all their life were held yeah. in slavery, slavery there's a word to again. their to their death. Yeah. Right. Which I heard an interesting sermon Sunday. The guy who preached where the church I was at, he did this on Philemon, and I thought, man, it's a bold move to even say the word <laughs> slave in our culture. It is, and we talked about right. last time because it's so hard to differentiate our experiences as a country versus what was going on in the first century. Exactly. Yeah. But he did it in on Philemon or Philemon, however people want to want to say it. How did he say it? He said Philemon, but I say Philemon. <laughs> I've always but, heard Philemon, but you know, I'm not sure he may be right. Sometimes we're wrong about how those are pronounced. But basically he told this story. Of course, I was thinking, I wouldn't be doing this. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, this, where's this going? But he talked about Philemon being a slave owner, which I I didn't really realize that. And then it was about this fellow in verse 10, Onesimus, and he went through his life as being a slave. Because he was a slave, yeah. Yeah. And then when he if you to read kind of what what his thought process was, because it ties in with Romans six, he says in verse twelve, he said, I I'm sending him this Onesimus, who is my 
very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel, which is a sobering thought. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. And then verse 16 is a, is a key phrase. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He is a very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and, and as a brother in the Lord. And I, I skipped this one part in verse uh where is that where he said he's, he was useless? Uh, verse, 11, verse 11, it says, Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you. You mean, because he came to Jesus, and I think that was profound. His, his point was, we're all the same in Jesus. I mean, he made his whole point about, yeah, it's, it's more horrible what has happened in our country for somebody to look at somebody's skin color and say, you're not as good as me. But that's why he said, but even the way it operated back then, it's not in line with the gospel that even though it was a voluntary volunteer basis, you were get, getting paid. He's like, this guy's a brother, and who cares that you have this power and you have slaves? I'm going to send him back to you, but I'll, I'm not sending him back to you as a slave. He's coming back to you as a brother because he was looking more at the spiritual. So that was kind of the nature of, of what his point was. And I think, yeah, and I I think, well, you look back at, I was thinking about when you were just talking, Jace, we talked about Joseph when we were talking about dreams last time, but you know, he was sold by his brothers because they, they just didn't have the wherewithal to kill him, even though they wanted to. So they thought they were just getting rid of him, but they sold him. And so Mm -hmm. he winds up in Egypt, which is, which is amazing because this was all by God's design because that was the birth then of the Hebrew nation was Joseph getting sold into Egypt. But when he was there, you know, he, he was mistreated. I mean, like, you know, he was working for Potiphar who loved him, you know, cause he was so great, but then the wife tried to take advantage of it. So, you know, it is interesting. And then, then they wind up in Egypt and a few, you know, a couple hundred years later, all the descendants of Jacob and Joseph wind up enslaved to Egypt and they were making them do all this work and terrible stuff. But God said, no, my people are not going to be held like this. And so he, he waylaid Egypt pretty good over their idea. So I guess in, yeah. a, in a macro sense, that shows you that slavery is not good. I mean, it, it, at any level, I mean, whether yeah, we're talking about not, the differences, it's, of, it's just not People possible. think they're better than someone else. And it's just not true. Right. We're all sinful. Well, first of all, we're all made by God in the image of God which makes us all different and unique and God has a purpose for us all. We all mess up and for whatever reason, the circumstances in life, whether it be luck or hard work or fortune where people become in powerful positions where they have people working for them, that's a very tempting thing for a person to then associate that you're better. Yeah. You're better than this person. And you just think about throughout all of history, the classes of people. Yeah. It has always been there. Yeah. I mean, even Jesus himself said, you always have the poor. I mean, he didn't view it as a class of people, but he's just like, there's going to be some people that don't have as much money yeah. as, as they need. It's just part of life. Now, if you who are rich think you're better than those who are poor, it's anti-gospel. Well, let's face it. I mean, in our own political structure, the rise of Donald J. Trump, who is a billionaire from New York, was because a lot of people who felt not listened to in our country from states that used to have good jobs and now it's all been shipped to China, those people rose up and voted for Trump because of their class. I mean, because they felt like that elite people were not thinking about them when they were making decisions about it. So, I mean, I think... the other side basically said, yeah, but he's for putting up walls, which means he thinks we're better than... Well, country, I just find it interesting South, that it was a billionaire from New York that, that rose up the middle class. I mean, typically that was always somebody else. But what was. I'm saying, no matter where you, you go or what line you're in, people are going to use what separates us as the way to communicate. And so now, in an effort for people that I don't even agree with to say, oh, 
you know, we're going to single out all the groups of people and have the special months or, or draw attention to all this. It's still without some kind of common decency or, or compass to put us all as one, right. we're never going to be united. Right. Of course, we find that in Jesus because we do realize that we're made, we're all made by God. We're, we all have problems. So to me, that's the, um, the umbrella. Even, you know, when I was, uh, I, I met a guy just this past week and he was introducing all his kids. I was, Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, well, then he said, well, you'll notice, you know, one's adopted. But I didn't notice. And he's like, well, how can you not know? He He's kind of like, how do you not notice? He's not, he's a different color skin. I was like, I just don't, I don't, I wasn't looking for it. And these are your kids. I, you know, I try to, I just didn't notice. Yeah, you just you don't, and you, don't mean, and you don't think that first. Let's take another break. I think one of the things that's been a stressor in our world today is because of, you know, people worried about economics and, you know, jobs coming out of the pandemic. So you got a lot of things going on out there that, that worry people and, and it's understandable, you know, it's kind of daily. So we try to talk about something higher and bigger and better uh, to kind of take your mind off of that. One of the things you may have that's stressing you out is if you uh, have to make a loan and your credit score is not very high. And so you're trying to figure out how to get that bumped up so you don't have to pay such high interest rate. Uh, there's one of our uh, sponsors is a company called Scoremaster. And they can help you save up to 61 points in 20 days or less, which can really drive down your high interest rate cost. And Lisa and I have, have used it. It works. It does improve your score. Uh, one member raised their score 33 points within days, another 43. So it does work. It's worth a try, especially if you've got a loan coming up you need to do. Scoremaster is simple. It's easy to use. takes about a minute to get started. You can go to scoremaster.com slash fill. Scoremaster.com slash Phil. All right. But it was strange. We had an interesting conversation because he was like, I just assumed. I was like, well, don't assume that about me because I <laughs> it never crossed my mind. These are your kids. And I thought we all came from God. And, man, we got into this weird story about redheads because I was like, I mean, I've seen people with a redheaded kid that neither you're thinking, well, we're where'd this kid come from? Doesn't look like either one of you, you know, I didn't immediately assume they were adopted or must have, you know? Yeah. I was like, always stay away from that. I said, of course I have a dad, you know? And then I told him the story about when you asked the woman, how long she had been pregnant. And she's like, I'm not pregnant, Phil. (laughs) I said, I learned right there to stay away from any comments related (laughs) to that process. I learned (laughs) Just because a woman has a few more poundage, yeah, it, uh, don't tie that in with no. with child because it might just be little 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 insurance there. But I, yeah. Miss, Miss Kate got me out. The, she got me out in the rig, chewed me out on that one. Well, the girl went. Don't running. ever ask a girl that. No, I said I learned yeah. a lesson. I said, but I just thought the girl was fixing to have a baby. Yeah, well, yeah. she just picked up it. a few pounds. She stayed mad at me for about twenty years. She got over from it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes women have a baby and it takes a little while to lose the weight they ha- gained while they well, had the baby. Right. Yeah. So sometimes it's right. Yeah. This I was ba- trying to be nice. I didn't know you were pregnant. <laughs> I'm not. I said, okay. But I look, <laughs> I think in this culture where you had these classes and, and what they would, what we translated in some of these translations as slaves, you know, he's not talking about people here. He's talking about, we're slaves to sin. I mean, we get the idea of what that is. Whether it's mentioned eight or nine times yeah. from Romans 6, about verse uh, 5 or 6 in there. It's re- mentioned slaves to sin. And down there, it's pretty, pretty cool, I thought, verse 14. Uh, sin shall not be your master, because you have slave masters. Well, if you're slave to sin... You're like, sin shall not be, because you're not under law, but under grace. So get that in your head. And it comes on down, 15, when you offer yourself someone to obey as slaves, you're slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to... He's talking about a heart change and a... And a 
a, uh, what do you call it? The qualities of your new life must be, must be the result of your slaves. Uh, but thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin. A lot of people miss this text, and for years I, I, I had, a, had trouble grasping it. You, hold, you used to be a slave to sin. You wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Mm. So there's a form to when you point people to the person, Jesus Christ, yep. who, who, who had plenty of lead time. He's coming. So when he finally gets there, he dies for the sins of the world, and he told him he was going to do it. He would be buried and raised from the dead. He told him that. He didn't wasn't like it came out of the blue. Well, you know, he, they finally got him. He said, "No, that's why I'm here. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. die and be buried and raised from the dead." Well, I think the significant part here is the reason you shouldn't try to sin, which is form you know, it, of it, teaching. It, it, is my question. You used to be a slave to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you're interested. Well, well, just think about it. Well, what's the form? What's the formula? What's, it means something. Right. Well, I think it's this grace versus law. It says, because he started off saying, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Well, then when he gets to 14, after he just said, you'll offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness, for sin shall not be your master because you're not under law, but under grace. I think the form of teaching is the same thing he's been saying every chapter, that it's the righteousness from God, which is the grace yep. that has now become your master. But grace as a master is hard to wrap your head around because it's just God's love and forgiveness, not based on your merit or performance. But that's why... By the way... When Jesus was baptized and John said, you know, you ought to be baptizing me. He said, suffer this to be this way. Go ahead and go ahead and do this. But then he said a remarkable statement to fulfill, baptize me to fulfill all righteousness mm-hmm. or put it another way to make everything right. Well, why would he do that? Uh, when you, when a person looks down and reads these texts about being baptized in water, well, if Jesus said you need to do this to make everything right, so because I think, that's when the dove, the Holy Spirit landed on him, the reception of the Spirit from that mm-hmm. time on, he began to perform miracles, and you, you look at that, you say, this, this is not to be overlooked right. because it's it wasn't because he had sin, no, that's right, <clears throat> so it had to be. Because the one it's character, that form, that form right there. No, I think the form is because if you don't have humility, you you won't do it. Because what is what is baptism? That is in true and of because itself. you're just someone has you by you're, the nap of the neck, and you're just like I give, well, so I you, give. It so you read Philippians two five. I mean, you know, Philippians two one through three is like do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit it says treat others which is what we're talking about here yep better than yourselves which is yep. the opposite of what we've done as far as making people slaves to other people he's like he's saying the opposite yeah you need to treat people like they're better than you instead of you being better and so then he's like your attitude should be that of christ jesus who being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. So he he humbled himself, which it goes on to say, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Well, we're talking about death here. So the key word in there is our death, our 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 death to our sin by surrender to Jesus through baptism, which was what we're discussing. Has that, if your attitude is going to be like that of Jesus, there is some humility there. It's hard, even though people say, well, oh, what do you think you're doing? You're saving yourself. It was very difficult for me to humble myself and say, will you baptize me? I mean, that was just hard for me to do. I, I, I just thought, man, it's embarrassing that I'm going to go out to some water 
and believe this is real. Not only that, and uh, and let someone dunk me under the water. I mean, I was a prideful person. Well, uh, it may explain why when I was baptizing the young lady in the river, and there was about 10 of us gathered there, and two fishermen happened to be fishing on the bayou, and they come around a curve, and when they looked up, people were singing, and I was standing in the water, and the young lady, and I just looked up at them. I said, y'all want in on this action? And I've never seen two people leave <laughs> that fast in a boat and motor. I don't think they were ready. Let's, <laughs> let's take another break. So there's another thing that happens, though, and when you said this, Dad, it, it reminded me of this. Here's what John said was the reason why he did it. Uh, in verse 20, 29, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me, which is that mind bender. But yep. then he says, I myself did not know him. And remember, they're cousins. Yeah. Uh, he didn't know he was the Son of God. I didn't know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed yeah. to Israel. Yeah. So the other thing it does, it, it did in Jesus' case, was it revealed him as the Lamb of God. But if you think about it, it's the same with us. Not only does it deal with our sin, it also tells the world, I, I've made the choice. You got to remember among the Jews, too, it's an interesting point you just made. No one was being immersed in water, pushed under the water. Mm. That was a, you know, you know, no one had ever heard of that. They had water in the temple, you know, yeah. as a cleansing. Yeah, the wash, idea of washing their Right. But that was just more the idea of when you come into this place, yeah. you know, you want to be clean. But so, in this context, I mean, he right before what you read, Phil, he, he kind of says without saying, well, that wasn't his point, but he uses some verbiage that I think helps us understand it. Because he said... In verse 15 of chapter 6, he basically asked the same question he asked in verse 1. Shall we sin because we're not under law yeah. and under grace? He's like, by no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone, that's why I brought up the humility, you're offering yourself uh, to, be, to obey him as slaves. You're slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And then it's like when he gets down and to verse, not, that, verse 19. He, that he, tells you it's not an empty ritual type thing. No, no. He's like, you're offering yourself to God I'm because you believe you. this is true. And then he kind of like is almost he's embarrassed for having to use this illustration about being a slave because he says, I put this in human terms of verse 19 because you are weak in, in your mm -hmm. natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity, and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them a slavery to righteousness, leading you to holiness. Then it yeah. says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Yep. I just like that part that in the middle of that, he's like, the only reason I'm using this illustration is because you're weak. You don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But you understand the co concept of people thinking they're better than other people. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to humble ourselves and offer ourselves to God because the only way that God being our master would be a positive thing is if he he's the only one worthy because he's all righteous and all good. It's all motivated by grace and he would never mistreat us. And he would never, you know, because yeah. all those things that has made that a terrible thing, well, he would never do. It's a good point. I like that Paul resets the whole life situation for humanity all the way back to the beginning with this whole line of reasoning. Because what he true. says is basically, you've got one choice. You're already a slave to sin, yep. to mm -hmm. evil, because that's what natural men do. They it's listen. dragging you around it's by the nose. And, and it's a, it's not a great, it's it's a terrible well, you master. Somebody said ever-increasing weakness. Sin is progressive. I mean, the more you dive into it, it you never do, ends. It never ends. Never ends, and it just you just keep getting into more and more trouble. Yeah. It, it, it's like once you you offer, see the result of it all around you, yeah, 
And you do that for enough generations, you get the situation like you did back in Genesis 6. You implode. One choice, one choice to be like God and to define one sin leads four chapters later to every thought was an inclination of violence. I want to kill people. I I want to rule the thing. I mean, it got so bad so fast. How'd that happen, sin? I mean, yep. once it was introduced. I've said this before, but I ask when people, the the time where this chapter comes up is when you meet somebody who had a conversion experience with Jesus and they're living like the devil. And so somewhere somebody says, somebody needs to talk to this guy because he's out here just living like a hellion, but he's supposedly in the faith. And so you bring up Romans 6 because you're like, what you're doing is the direct opposite of what this says. Mm -hmm. You've offered yourself to God, but you're, you're being led around as a slave to sinful behavior. You took it back. So you read this cause you're like, that's why I always ask that question. Who did we bury? Cause I make them go back to when they offered themselves to God. So who did you offer? Who is that? Where is that person? Did we bury this person or is it still here? And it's always a poignant moment in the conversation because they're sitting there thinking the opposite has happened. Mm -hmm. Maybe I didn't offer myself to God. It doesn't look like it. And it's not like you're judging them. You're just asking them based on this, what happened here? Can we go to your grave, your spiritual grave? Could you take me? where, Where did this happen? You know, you, you heard about Jesus, you you had that heart change, you decided this is it, you know, and at some point you're baptized and you're like, let's go back there and, and visit. Be, you know, you're trying to get them to go back in their mind and have these little sayings that are in here of the offering yourselves. We know that our old self was crucified. Well, do you know your old self was crucified? Because it doesn't look like it. Yeah, <laughs> let's take let's take one last break. But Jace, how many times have you talked to somebody, and I've talked to people who are listening to the podcast, and so I, it happens a lot to me that said, you know, I, I grew up a certain way, and they'll tell it, and it's usually people we meet or associated with a church or with a group, and they and they were like, you know, I I got baptized or I got saved or I believed Jesus when I was a certain age, and then all of a sudden they really faced what goes on in the world. They hit their teenage yeah. years. They, they just got in with the wrong crowd. I was in college. Things went out of control. And so by the time now we're having a conversation, they're 20s, late 20s, which is where you were. And they're looking back and they thought, well, I felt like maybe I knew him at one time. But I, to be honest with you, I don't know him at all because my life has been terrible for the last five, 10. Well, and you have a memory so their, their problem. Their track record it has finally dawned on them. Right. Yeah, I've seen people like they go back and they're like, what were you thinking when you were, you know, when you were baptized or when you accepted Christ? And the guy's 60 years old. He's like, you know, I don't remember what I ate for supper last <laughs> week. I don't I don't even know. So I think it's ultimately between people and God. And you have an individual different experiences. That's yeah, right. You got a Bible here that leads you to Jesus. And you if you're honest with your life. And because I usually say, are you out there sharing Jesus with people? And they're like, no, I've never done that. I'm like, so what are you doing? And if if it looks like Romans 1, well, you know, the back end of Romans 1. What, 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 who, who are you? It's your decision, but it just doesn't look like you have had this encounter and you didn't offer yourself. There has been a giant leap. From Romans 1, 18 and following, the wrath of God is being revealed mm-hmm. against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Yeah. What may be known about God is plain to him. He's made it plain. Right. Well, there's a large leap, the ramifications of that as we, sin. As we built through the thing. That's and right. death. And you say you, you, you jump to Romans 6 and boy, does everything begin to. Well, that's why I made that analogy of about gross to grace because you you read Romans one. It is and, good news, right? And oh, you're like, this, this is gross. And I think people have to look at that in their life. They're like, is my life gross or is it filled with God's grace? I mean, because really, it's not real blurry 
it, it's usually one of the two, and only you know what's going on in your mind to know that. It's hard for other people to come in there and tell you what you want to hear when if you're being honest with yourself, God knows your heart, and you know your heart. I don't. So it's like, they're like, give me some information how I'll know. And I'm like, who are we trying to kid here? Because the story of Jesus is pretty simple. Yeah. And how you respond to it's pretty simple. It is. And how you live your life. I mean, you know, there's a difference in trying and struggling and being open about your life. And because to me, doesn't mean that we don't have flaws. And even in these questions, should I sin so that grace may increase? No. But guess what? We do anyway. But how you respond to that, that God is real and I'm open about my mistakes and my, you know, the things that I'm inferior about. By the way, Jace, while you're there, uh, I've talked to many, many, many who will say, uh, I need to talk to you. And what they will say is right before they start their story on why they're behaving like they're behaving is they'll say, now, look, this thing's pretty complicated. So yeah. they're telling me what I'm fixed to tell you is real complicated regarding my drug use, my whoring around, am I getting drunk? <laughs> they, they, they say it's complicated. I, and I'm already thinking, I'm thinking, okay, so I hear what the complication is. Yeah. How come it's so complicated? Because of me, it's it's very simple, <laughs> <laughs> and it comes out as somebody you, just you enslaved said Jesus is Lord yeah. back in uh, <laughs> uh, back in ninety three. You said Jesus is Lord, but now you're saying you're not living like He's Lord, mm -hmm. and you're saying it's complicated. Yeah. No, it's not complicated. Well, you well, said, we you make it complicated. You said you said Jesus is Lord, but here's the thing: you didn't mean it. And it's just like somebody saying that's married and they said, you know, I'm going to love you the rest of your life. I'm going to be faithful to you. And they stand before the preacher and say all the right words. And then they go out and they have affairs and they do terrible things. You know what happens? You didn't mean it. Didn't you mean said it, it but well, you didn't mean it. I think you meant it at the time, but things change. Circumstances change. But that's the, what I'm saying yeah. is that's the difference, OJ's, in fully saying I'm yours right. versus. The other way, because, you know, if you really meant it, when you love your wife, you're going to treat her with respect. You're going to do all the things you said you want to do. Because you recognize life is difficult and so is your spiritual life. Right. And when you read the Bible cover to cover, nowhere in here, it does it give the illusion that this is all going to be easy and pain well, in free. Fact, in fact, <laughs> nowhere. We, in yeah. fact, we've been saying we've been kind of given previews ahead, but next time we get back into this, that's why Paul wrote Romans 7. <laughs> Which is the lead up because that is the struggle. That is but it. the struggle is that not, it's like my wife and I, we've had all sorts of problems, different circumstances, you know, having a kid with special needs and th things happen. So it's no longer like, you know, I'm going to, do I question whether I want to stay married? It's more coming from the perspective of, oh, I have a partner to help me and I can help her get through this. Right. And I think because you, because when you said I do, you meant it. And yep. whatever is going to come our way, I, I mean it. We're doing this we're, together. We're doing this together. She has That's, said this many times when we disagreed or whatever we were doing. She's like, what happened to this? Let's do it together stuff, and which is always a great statement. And I'm like, you're right. You are right. So when you hear people say, oh, I just need some time. Well, that's just something that you made up. That means let me go out here and do something time mischievous yeah. to help me through this, yeah. to solve the pain or because – you know, even when a when a boyfriend and girlfriend wake up, I mean, you know, they break up, and then they're like, "Let's just take some time." That that that's as strong of a "you're out" as you're <laughs> ever gonna get. <laughs> what that means is you're cold. You just hadn't been fully made aware yeah, of that. That's the situation. best thing I can think to describe it. But it's the same way when people use on social media. Feel like a lot of people's relationship status. Because I know you don't, you're not on that. And I haven't been on there in a couple of years yeah, myself. The, 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 the precursor to your being given the given the door is, you know, you get a little text that says, "We need to talk." You're yeah. out. 
Well, look, on social media, Phil, they have a, they'll have a, they'll have that a, means you're out. Phil, on your profile, they'll put, they'll put relationship status. So whatever social media will say relationship status, well, there's a button you can push that says it's complicated. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I wonder how it got there. What's the, one of the other ones is complicated. I guess well, they're just married, married, single. single. I mean, it's like the typical things. Of course, you know, in our culture, there's yeah. like 10 different choices you can be. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. one of them is it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's literally become something that's socially acceptable yeah. to be under the No one understands what I've been going yeah, through. That it's complicated. And, and the reason I brought up marriage is because Paul does. That's the illustration he's going to use next in, in Romans 7. But it, and we've talked about this a lot. It really is one of the closest things in our culture that we can relate to making a decision to commit yourself to something that heavy. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about doing that in marriage. I mean, it, it's yeah. this is that on steroids, you know, which yep. is he'll talk quite a bit about. But look, I, I know we're out of time, but the last thing I'm going to say, because we're joking and laughing around about this, and it's real people's lives and the problems are real. But you got to remember this whole question of God's grace being the focal point of this is that God's grace righted all wrongs. Correct. So when you think, well, how, you know, why can't I say it's complicated? Cause God gave you a way to whatever wrong that's happened for it to be right. That's right. So you ultimately have no excuse, which you started off Romans one saying that because the power of God, you're like, well, that seems simple. Well, it is. So the hard part is having that humility and offering yourselves in that grace and to trust him that even though it's difficult or complicated as you might think it is, once you just say, I'm done, take this over, I'm going back to my creator. Let's let's face it, guys, you don't really, most people don't make that decision unless they're pretty desperate. Yeah. Live in that life of sin to say, you know what? I got to get out. All three of us had that experience. Yep. There was a time of our life yep. where we said, you know what? I'm, done. I, I'm done. Gotta and and that's when you're ready because your your performance is, is not never going to be good enough. You're never going to figure it out. That's right. It's always going to be too complicated. And the rest of your life becomes your transformation as it goes and it helps other people. So that's good. All right. Romans 7 next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.